Are you serious? I've got a fire in my eyes. I'm burning brighter than the sunlight. You orchestrated my escape. Now I'm awake. I feel alive for the first time. You ignite the fire in my eyes. Hello, my friends, and welcome. This is the Brother Marcos Radio Show. We are broadcasting from Sao Paulo, Brazil, directly to the whole world through the airwaves, the data flow of Radio Redemption and Power Network and the Kapow Radio Network. Oh yes, I'm back here today. So excuse me if my voice is not you know, very clear because I've got, I've got the flu or at least a bad cold, okay? So, but I've got so much to say today that I think that it's important that I do this show. And I'll tell you, I was reluctant a little about doing, doing this show because, you know, it's a very delicate subject. We're going to talk about the churches with a vision, okay? We're going to talk about, you know, pastors who say that, that you know, they have this vision, this great project for you. The problem, my friends, is that, as I used to say here in the show, you know, for a long time, beware of the man with the mission, because, you know, first thing he will do is to use you, okay? He'll pretend to be a friend, he'll pretend to be there to help you, and he will say that his mission is your mission, okay? But God, God has a special mission for you. And it might very well be just living one day at a time, trusting and obeying, maybe taking care of your family, maybe just doing, you know, the job you have to do. You you have to do because, you know, you have a contract with your employer. You have to be there. You have to work in order to survive. Or maybe you have to take care of your kids, of your old grandma. Who knows? Each one of us, my friends, has different obligations and duties in this earth. We all share the same duty, which is to share, to love each other. The Bible makes it very clear. That's the only thing that can be demanded from us. But those people, they will tell you that you have an obligation with them. And I was reluctant because it's very easy to exaggerate or maybe to be misunderstood and you know, and people might say, well, Brother Marcos is saying that we should not participate in any kind of project or church activity. And that's not what I'm saying, okay? That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that it's basically don't be manipulated. Don't be manipulated. Open your eyes, okay? Be sensitive to God's will to your life because people will do whatever they can in order to take advantage from you. And uh, there are so many examples, and I'll give you some, of things that got out of hand. They're they're becoming ridiculous. That's the problem. It got to the point when the whole situation is ridiculous, okay? And, um, I mean, when, when there's a cruise to Jamaica, they're selling cruises to Jamaica, okay? You pay big money. To go there and do some tourism and uh, don't get to know Jamaica, maybe smoke some weed there because they love, you know, they love marijuana. That's the first thing that they offer you when you step on Jamaica. 
and <laughs> that happened to me. Oh yeah, first thing. And uh, but anyway, I'm I'm digressing here. I'm just kidding. And even if you're not, you know, you just go there and you check on the the kids there. You have a basically a visit to schools. But come on, a cruise, my friends. Do you need a cruise to do the work of the Lord? Okay, and. Uh, that's the point that we have we have reached okay people are saying you know just just give up everything join join my vision join my plan okay to help with your obligations with work with family because you know my friends there's there's one point that they never tell you whenever you participate in their big projects okay all the sacrifice is yours all right. I'm not saying that you should not sacrifice, but you should be very conscient, aware that you're making a sacrifice, and you it must be something voluntary, something that God has impressed in your heart that you should do, and then you go there and do something for the Lord, because you want to do something for the Lord, and not because someone is manipulating, manipulating you by compulsion. Okay, you do that because you really feel in your heart and you know from the Bible that it's the right thing to do. But that's not what they do. They want to sacrifice you. And when you because when you do a sacrifice, you have to be aware that, you know, people in, at work will think that you're crazy. Your friends will think you're a lunatic because you're dedicating money or time for the things of the Lord. People, you know, probably they would look at you and say, well, this is not promotion material. You know, this guy's not very committed to the company because, you know, we needed him in the, there for the, the, the you know, the, the party. They usually they have the end of the year, big parties or the sales conventions. And he was not there because, you know, he was visiting an orphanage or he was participating you know, in this Bible Bible classes that, you know, and he could not be here at the company. So I'm not going to promote him. I'm going to fire that guy because he's not trustworthy. You know, that's the kind of sacrifices that pastors, they're constantly asking from the brethren. But they don't have an idea about what they're asking because they do not face the same kind of... Uh, of challenges actually because most of them live in an ivory tower okay and the more you do that the be the better for them and they ha don't have this sense of proportion and i would say the sense of respect for the person that they should have and it's very interesting my friends because if we go to the bible you know participating in the ministry it's all about servanthood because Jesus Christ is, you know, he, he is the motto. And the Bible tells us, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. Mark 10, 45. Okay? So that's, that's the way. We try to serve other people, okay? But that's a two-way street. Okay? Because that, that, that's what Jesus told the 12, the 12 apostles, the 12 disciples. He said to them, if anyone would be first, he must be last of all and servant of all. So my friends, if you're a pastor, you're a servant. 
And I said that in the last show. Nobody forces you to be a pastor. You don't have to be a pastor. Okay? It's not that, that you know, in order to be a good Christian, you have, you must be a pastor. Okay? Because sometimes you have a church that, you know, you have 500 people there and only one pastor. So it's not that only that person will be fully justified in front of God, okay, because he chose to be a pastor. Because all the other people, they are parts of the body. The head of the body is Jesus Christ, okay? Not the pastor. The pastor, he has some authority inside the church, especially regarding doctrine and the organization of the church, you know, the final word about how things should be done, okay? But the head of the church is Christ. But more than that, he's the chief servant there. He's there to serve people, to serve the ship. Okay? Because pastor means a shepherd. That's what it means. And my friends, we see this all over the Bible. First Peter 4, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's variety grace. John 15, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than, than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. Okay? 2 Corinthians, for what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. So basically, my friends, Everything, it's about servanthood, okay? And we serve each other. I'm going to discuss in the second part of the show um, a sermon by a, a very good pastor, okay? His name is J.D. Hall, excellent pastor, you know? But I'll, I'll do some crit criticism of his sermon because, you know, it's amazing how, how the way you see that, that he requires all the sacrifice from from the brethren, from, from the churchgoers, okay? And he forgets to talk about him, about, you know, the sacrifices of the, the church leaders, the pastors, okay, the missionaries. It's amazing. The world we're living today, it's amazing. It's a wor world where the church leaders are all celebrities, okay? And they require crazy things from you, so I guess that, that the objective of the show is just to open your eyes so you don't be manipulated. And also, it's a call. I mean, if, uh, if some pastors, they, they listen to this, please, we're desperate. Guys, we are desperate because we cannot find a good church. We cannot find, we cannot find a place where, you know, people can get together and serve each other, you know, and be real friends. And become eventually like a family. Because it's all about projects and vision. So, you know, just just for you to have an example. We have here... We have here some uh, examples, for, especially from the emerging church. The emerging church is basically the use of churches in order to change society, okay? In preparation for... For the new world order, for, for, for the system of the Antichrist. So they decided, let's use the churches. You know, especially Peter Drucker 
and all the, the globalists, that those guys, you know, evil guys, they're preparing the system of the Antichrist, and they want to change society, they want to get rid of traditional values, and they want, you know, just put everybody together, marching, mar not marching to Zion, marching to the New World Order, okay? They want you to have the same mind, to believe that a system is possible, a system that will save this world as long as you submit, as you serve the New World Order, okay? Not serve one another, no, like we just said, not not serve the brethren, but serve the government, serve, you know, the leaders, the globalists. So they said, you know, it, this is not working. Peter Drucker, you're a business consultant, a globalist, a capitalist, a very important person. And you were trying, you know, to, to use the companies, the businesses in order to create this environment where people would all work together and have the new age teachings there in the business if you work in a big company you know what i'm talking about i'm talking about those seminars with new age teachers that they bring to the companies in order to change your mind no but it, that was not really working because you know companies need to make money so that that was really uh, you know a hindrance so what what they they thought and they said what well, you know there's much more potential in the big churches because the big churches, you know, everybody goes there and everybody has this kind of obligation to the church. You know, everybody's guilty about church. Oh, I'm not doing enough. Oh, the church, it requires more from me. Oh, no, you know, I, I should be doing more for the church. And they say, we can manipulate that feeling and we can make people do exactly what we want. So they start to fund and give lots of money to, you know, organizations like the ones that, you know, Rick Warren and all those old guys are participating, guys from the emerging church. And they start to train people, leaders, leadership, leadership seminars. Oh, no, you never see a servanthood seminar. Never. Okay. It's all about leadership. All the church lead, uh, all the church workers, they want to be leaders. Oh yes, they want to be catalysts. They want to change the minds of people in order they do whatever they tell them to do. And in this way, my friends, they destroy the fellowship. There's no fellowship anymore. Because if you go there to 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 the the, the, the New Testament church. You know, they, they broke bread together, they helped each other, nobody was starving because they, they you know, they, they sold their things and they gave money to each other. Can you believe something like that happening today? Of course not. Of course not. Pa Pastor J.D. Hall was talking about, oh, you know, churchgoers think they are consumers and they go to churches and, you know, they, they don't find what they want. They go to the next one, they, the next one. Oh, yes, it's true. Some people do that. But you forgot, Pastor J.D. Hall, the other side of the coin, the flip side of the situation. Churchgoers now, they are, some of them are consumers because churches are businesses. You pastors have turned the churches into businesses. That's why people behave as consumers. Until, until the smarter, the smarter, the more prepared pastor, he hooks them up 
in, in his church with techniques, marketing techniques. You know, that's, that's the game that we see today. So you cannot only blame the churchgoers. Because think about it. The churchgoers, they're making a sacrifice. They could have been at home watching football and drinking beer and thinking about how to move ahead in this world. But they are not. At least they're leaving their places. And I'll tell you, if you have kids, you know this is a big, big work, okay? Sunday morning, going to your church while you are staying there very comfortable because it's your career, you make money with that, you get paid a salary, okay? So your responsibility is much, much greater than the one of the churchgoer. So I think that pastors should should really judge themselves before they judge the, the churchgoers, but they never do. They never do because they live in an ivory tower and because they think that everything they do is right, that they never sin. They forgot about, you know, the search my Lord, search my heart, talk. You know, I think that they, they never read that passage, okay, where, where David says, Lord, search my heart. Because once you think that everything you do is right, you don't need that. Why would God search your heart if your heart is perfect and everything you do is within the will of the, the Lord? Okay? That's the problem of living in an ivory tower. So wake up. Wake up because you have lost touch with reality and with all your flock. See here what this guy is saying. Okay? This is a pastor. Okay? Mark Driscoll. Okay? And he says, here's what I've learned. You cast vision for your mission. And if people don't sign up, you move on. You move on. It doesn't matter. I mean, I don't care about people. Okay? That's, that's what he says, says here. His church is called Mars Hill Church. There are people that are going to die in the wilderness. And there are people that are going to take the hill. That's just how it is. It, it, it's amazing. It's amazing that Jesus Christ talks about you know, the sheep, that one single sheep that was lost. And the shepherd, he goes after that sheep. That's what Jesus talks about. The pastor, he goes after that sheep that was lost. Because he cares about them. And he brings it back to the flock. But this pastor, he says, no, there are people that are going to die in the wilderness. And there are people that are going to take the hill. That's just how it is. So screw him that is going to die in the wilderness. I don't care about that sheep. So it's basically the contrary of what God told him to do. Too many guys waste too much time trying to move stiff-necked, stubborn, obstinate people. Of course, these are the people who criticize him, okay? I'm not... Okay, all right. Granted, there are some people who are really stubborn and who are really only at church to make trouble. Okay, it's true. But some people there, you know, they want to make things right. They, they want to do the right thing. And you should spend time with them. I'm all about blessed subtraction. Okay, blessed. So you throw someone in the garbage and you call it a blessed thing. There is a pile of dead bodies behind the Mars Hills bus. Chuckle. Ha ha ha. See here the spirit of mockery? This is the demonic spirit, okay? Every time you see this, someone 
laughing, chuckling about a serious situation where someone is suffering. Because we're talking about here, my friends, about families, children, people suffering, okay? And he's laughing. This is a demonic spirit of mockery that is very, very common with proud people. Very common. There's a pile of dead bodies behind the Mars Hills bus. And by God's grace, it will be a mountain by the time we're done. You either get on the bus or you get, get run over by the bus. Those are the options. So, my friends, I could not think about a more demonic vision than the one that this guy has. Okay? That's what he says here. He calls everyone mediocre because they don't follow him. Okay? That's that's, that's what he does, my friends. It's basically the contrary of everything that Jesus Christ talks about. I'm going to post these articles here. You know? And there's a lot of problems here. The problem is not that, okay, this is a bad person. That's why he's doing that. No, that's the whole system behind what he's doing okay there's no place for compassion you have to blindly follow this guy it's amazing there's another church here another church here what's the name of the guy a pastor it's called the elevation church elevation church okay and then they they they, they are distributing all kinds of materials to church goers there and even there's a, you know one of those those little papers that you give to children that you have to color you know color a, an illustration and they say here we serve a lead pastor who seeks and hears from god i mean he's a prophet from god basically he's a guru we serve a lead pastor we can trust because you know he never makes a mistake he's sinless we serve a lead pastor who pours into us spiritually and professionally. <laughs> I, I, I mean, come on. Professionally? Really? We serve a lead pastor who goes first. I mean, basically, the guy is a guru, my friends. And here's in the page, coloring pages for children. We are united under the visionary, displayed over a depiction of Pastor Stephen. It goes on to say, Elevation Church is built on the vision God gave Pastor Stephen. We'll be protected. We will protect our unity by supporting his vision. So you see, uh, I mean, the, the, this is, I mean, it's a Nazi thing. It's a sta- Stalin. He's a dictator. He's a guru. Okay? And the problem here is how to protect this unity. And if you criticize anything, my friends, you're in big trouble. You're going to be thrown out of the bus. And the bus will run over you. Okay? How can you question that? I mean, this is completely crazy. Completely crazy, my friends. Okay? Several problems here. Misunderstanding of how God speaks. The visioneering pastor in his church operate under the mistaken notion that God speaks to us outside his word. As a result, the pastor is able to act under a sense of divine fiat. God told me. 
Okay? Ignorance of the scriptures. Too many church members do not know the Bible well enough to know that the, this approach to vision and mission is not found in the Bible. It's not found in the Bible. Just go there, read Acts. It's not there. There's koinonia, there's fellowship. But fellowship towards each other. Okay? If you read that, if you read about the church in the, the New Testament, it's all about fellowship with each other, helping people, helping the widows, helping the orphans, helping the families, encouraging each other, calling people. You know, it's easy, Pastor. Just call people. How are you doing? I'm, I'm concerned about you. I know that you have a problem. I'm just checking on you. But no, they're so concerned about their projects about their missions, about this and that. You know what happens? It's like the church they used to attend. There's a lot of missionaries there, you know. That they're missionaries because, you know, their fathers were missionaries. And you see what they do. They work in the conventional jobs. One of them is a producer of videos. He works in a business. But he's a missionary. You know. And some other guys, they just, you know, they collect help from several different churches. And then when you're going to see how they live, they live better than 99% of people, the churchgoers. And, they, they, you know, they are traveling the world. They go to, there's a guy that he collects, guys, he collects, uh, I mean, if you talk to him and his articles, they're, they're good, okay? But they collect, he collects money from several different churches, okay? And, uh, and you check your, his Facebook page. He's traveling to California. He's traveling to Mexico. You know, and he goes there and he stays there for a month. And then he goes to a church and he preaches there once or twice, okay? And he does never pays for anything because people pay for everything. And he stays at the, 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 you know, at some church member's house, and then he goes. Like the next month, he's in Israel, in Turkey, doing the rounds of the places where Paul had been. I mean, come on, the guy lives like a king. I mean, is this being a servant? I mean, this is a joke. And you are asking people, you know, to challenge their companies, to lose their jobs, because that's what, uh, what happens. In order for these people here, you know, to travel the world like, like, like jet-set people, you know, it's completely crazy. And this is happening all around us, you know, people sometimes, they go, uh, you know, the, the same pastor J.D. Hall, he was talking about, mission trips to Mexico, you know, they go there and they, it's a five-day mission. And they go there and they, they spend the first and the fifth day in, it's basically transportation, okay? And then the last day is also a day that is reserved for sightseeing and for buying souvenirs, okay? You want to go, you want to see the city, you want to go see the, you know, the touristic sites, and then you stay there for a couple of days. You see people. It's everything is prepared. You know, everybody, everybody's very concerned about impressing the American, the gringos. And he was talking about this specific mission. They were there in order to build a church or build a building. I, I don't know. And what the Americans were doing 
I mean, they could not really handle a brick. And they were paying like $10 for Mexican locals to, you know, the, the, the brick masons, like, you know, guys who know what, what to do. And they were sitting in their lawn chairs and drinking, uh, I mean, they could not drink beer, so probably they were drinking Coca-Colas instead of margaritas or beer. But they were just laying, relaxing in the lawn chairs and watching the Mexicans do all the job, all the work. So, I mean, this happens all the time. This happens here in Brazil, too. Okay? And then you have great pictures to post on Facebook and impress your friends, okay? And, ah, my friends, you can be sure that the pastor is there among them. Oh, yes, the guy's there. Oh, it's sure, the missionaries, they're all there. In that, You know, it's a big party. It's a big party. Who are they fooling? That's what they do. They have conferences. You know, it's all the time conferences and, you know, just traveling around. That's the good life, being a missionary. In the past, being a missionary meant going to Africa or going to Asia or going to this very hard place. And I'm sure that some people still do that. May God bless them. But today, my friends, it's conferences, big parties, okay? Go to, you know, go to Florida, see the size of the headquarters of, of, of some ministries there. I mean, amazing. It's, it's like Disneyland. They're in the right place. Okay? And you see, oh, no, we have this meeting. We're going to, you know, have this meeting with all the missionaries. And, and then they go, my friends, to, to this place. And they have, like, banquets. And they have, I mean, come on. Come on. Because you know what why that happens? Because there's a lot of people with a guilt conscience, and, and so it's it's like you know, they 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 have a, it's like a big company. You know, I hire, you know, I I have this industry and I need security and I need maintenance, so I hire a third party company, a supplier to take care of these needs. Okay. And some people with a guilty conscience and, and rich people, especially in the United States, there's a lot of rich people with a guilty conscience, I'll tell you. So what they do, they hire these guys in order to take, um, you know, to, 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 to take control or, or to help them in the spiritual side of their lives so they can keep making money and cheating on business and being a complete uh selfish crook okay but but they they hire a third party in order in order to make themselves be in a good position with god and they give money to the missionaries and they give money to the churches and they give money to programs 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 that's how it works my friends that's how it works that's how far we are from the new testament model of church Okay, and, and, and you know, you can be assured that they teach this. If you go to some, uh, I mean, there's a lot of uh, ministries too. I mean, they all call themselves ministers. They teach you how to do this. There's one here, church leaders. Start with discovering your vision. Hear from God. You know, ask and you shall find. 
ask him for a picture of the end result. This is basically, this is business talk, okay? I have an MBA. I know what I'm talking about, okay? This is basically what they do here. It's like the, the brain, you know, brainstorming that we do in businesses. You know, we, we try to get a, a mission, a strategy, tactics to get there. We set up goals, okay? That's exactly the same uh, modus operandi that we do in business, okay? Now, second, now write it out. Take those thoughts and dreams and turn them into words. I mean, this is writing a business plan. That's what they do. Okay? Make it, write the vision down and make it plain so they read when, so they, that read it can run with it. You know? That's what they do. And they misuse some uh, Bible verses, especially verses that talk about, uh, <laughs> you know, where there's a vision, you know, What's what's that 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 what's that that verse, you know, where there's a vision, you know, people don't perish or something like that. You know, but what they don't tell you is that it's a, you know, the continuation of the verse is that you should follow the law. You know, if you have the law, I mean the law is the vision. So it's the Bible is the vision. You know, if you're in the New Testament, if you're in the grace period after the cross, it's it's the Bible. The Bible is the vision. That's what that verse says, okay? And uh, But in the Bible, you don't find plans, you know, for, for the future. It's exactly the contrary, okay? The Bible tells over and over that we don't know the mind of God, that we make our plans and our plans amount to nothing because, you know, God sees a completely different scenario, all right? Then number three, simplify it, okay? Make it plain. Put it in a single sentence. Guys, this is basically writing the, the mission statement for a business. Okay? One sentence, then two or three at the most. Let the main thing be the main thing. That's exactly the way that we write business statements. Create a plan to bring your vision to pass. Okay? Determine exactly where you are. Begin to think small manageable steps. So, I mean, this is how you write a business plan, okay? Where I am, you do something that we call the SWOT analysis. Strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. You list all those factors, okay? Because they are the basis for you to design the plan and, and, and all the tactics and the small actions that you're going to pursue in order to get where you want to go. Create structure to make it happen. Again, the action plan. Communicate the vision plan every way you possibly can to your key leaders, key leaders, and staff. Casting vision is hard work. cannot be accomplished with just one method or part-time. Of course it's hard work because you do not rely on the Holy Spirit. There's no talk about the Holy Spirit. I'm, I'm reading an article from a Christian website for church leaders, okay? And they're talking about deploying the vision. That's what we call deploying the vision in business. And it's exactly the same thing. Then teach it to all your workers. You see, what do I teach? Teach and explain your philosophy of ministry. Teach on your mission and overall goal. 
teacher structure. So you see how the churchgoers are completely passive for them? They're just, just resources. Understand that, my friend. That's the, the, that's the main problem here. For these guys, you are a resource. You are like money. You were like, you know, a brick that they used to build a wall. You were like, you know, money that they used to peel the electricity bills and, and the, the, the air tickets for them to travel around the world. You are not a person. That's the problem. You are not a person. Okay? It's amazing. And then they do this stupid project that they don't work. Studies have shown that only 3 to 6% of people who come forward at an evangelistic crusade are any different in their beliefs or behavior one year later. Even Billy Graham used to say that only 25% of those who come forward at one of his events actually became a Christian. I mean, he was very optimist. Optimistic. But now, serious studies and not guesswork, okay? They say that only 3% of people, because my friends, how are people are saved? They are saved, and when you talk to them, when you're a friend, and you see that they are in need, they come to you, you know, because, you know, it, it, it's a big change. It's a big change in the life of a person to start to follow Christ, because it takes a lot, it takes a lot of sacrifice, a lot of changes. You give up some things that you were... You, you used to cherish that you loved okay the lusts of the flesh the things from the world that you loved you have to give them up it's a serious business okay yes my friends Paul Washer said Paul Washer is a, is a pastor I think he's a reformed pastor most people today in our churches are lost and they demonstrate that they are lost because their entire Christianity is nothing more than that. They made a decision. That's what they say. You know? It's, uh, yes, because, you know, they, they just left behind all the basics of the, the work of uh, evangelism. And, uh, because faith is a gift of God. Ephesians 2. Faith comes by hearing. Romans 10. The gospel is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Romans 1. We find out by Jesus that a correct response to the gospel is to repent and believe the gospel. Mark 1. So you change your life. But you see here, my friends, if faith is a gift of God, it doesn't matter. You know, what, what you do goes up to a point. If God is not with you doing whatever you're doing, that it's not going to work. It's just like guys, people here in Brazil that go to the carnival and they say they're doing, doing mission work when in fact they're not abstaining from all, uh, you know, all, all, all evil, all the resemblance of evil. They're just participating in a wicked party. Do you think that God's going to, to bless that? They were there in the Toronto Gay Parade this weekend. You know, Christians dressed as zomb gay zombies. You know, they're dressed like... They, they looked like aliens. They were all green. And they were uh, distributing, uh, you know, gospel tracts, but they were disguised as condoms. 
So they were being dishonest. You know, people get upset. They want to look to Christians and, and say, you know, this Christian, he's a good person. He's honest. I admire that. I want to be like him. But what you do is to deceive people. And you think that people are not going to get angry? Do you think that people will be attracted to the kind of Christianity? They not, they're not going to be attracted. They're going to reject Christianity because of what you're doing. So, my friends, it's all about the work of God in the conversion process and after the conversion process. Because we're nothing. We're nothing. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Without me, me, you cannot do anything. And this works for all the processes in the Christian life. If you don't, don't, do not rely on the power of the Holy Spirit, you can preach for the whole world and nobody will get convicted and nobody will receive Christ. Because it's not you that do the work. You just seed. You sow, you sow the seeds. Okay? But it's God that makes them grow. It's, it's God that will give the faith. It's the Holy Spirit that will put faith in the heart of that person. So if you're deceiving people, you're taking advantage of churchgoers, I mean, how can you expect that God's going to bless anything? And that's, I mean, come on, look at the results. You want to be like business people? You want to be, okay, you want to be like business people? Then go all the way and assume responsibility for the results because that's how it works in the business world. If you don't bring results, you get fired. But those guys, they're not bringing any results. Things are going from bad to worse in society, in culture. People don't care about Christ. The, the churches, they, you don't see any kind of fellowship. It's just a place that where you go, you sing some songs, you give money, you give money, you give money, and they do whatever project that they have there. You know, the leaders. And then you go home and you have nobody to talk to, you don't have fellowship, you don't have nothing. And then what happens is that those, those projects, they don't accomplish anything, but there's no accountability. You know, there's absolutely, it's easy. It's easy. It's really easy to work for, for the big ministry because there's no accountability. It's not like working in a big company where you can get fired if your project is not successful, if your product is not selling. You get fired. But those guys, they work there forever until they retire. Even if they don't accomplish anything. And if we look around us, they're not accomplishing anything. Or almost anything. It's by the grace of God that one person here, another there, they're getting saved. Okay? Because it's in spite of all this church work. And not because of those projects. You know, because it's complicated, really. It's, it's really complicated. You see, some guys here, be, the, the son of Billy Graham, he's all into politics now, Franklin Graham, and he's asking for money because he wants to travel all around the, the United States. You know how much money this guy makes? 
$880,000 a year for being the head of the Billy Grant Evangelistic Association and Samaritan's Purse. He's the highest paid International Relief Association CEO in the world, almost $1 million a year. And he's asking for money. He's asking for money. To accomplish what? Because he has a vision. It doesn't matter that 4% of the Americans, they survive with less than $2 a day. You know what what it is? It means that you don't have money to buy milk for your kids. But this guy, he thinks he's worth $1 million a day. And I'll tell you, He's a CEO. What, what's your results, Mr. I think it's Frank Grant? What, what's, what, what are the results? I'll fire you. You are fired. You know, it's just like Trump used to say in his TV show. You are fired because America is getting worse and worse. And you are not worth $1 million a year, Mr. Frank Grant. And he's asking for money. Asking for money, my friends. Can you believe that? Can because for for him and for all those people, people are just, just resources. Okay, you come, you have to come here. You have if you don't come here, you know, we have to paint the roof of the church. You have to do this. You have to do that. You know. That's how it works, my friends. And I'll tell you. I'll stop right here for a commercial break and we have more and more interesting issues to talk about when I return. You are listening to the Kapow Radio Show Network. Kapow stands for Kingdom Against Powers of Wickedness. Kapow is sponsored by Fifth Hook Media, a digital publisher of ebooks. Fifthhookmedia.com has a selection of ebooks about spiritual warfare and Christian living. Visit fifthhookmedia.com. That's F I F T H O O K Media.com. Remember, that's fifthhookmedia.com. F I F T H O O K. Welcome to the Brother Marcos program on the Kapow Radio Show Network. We pray that you have eyes to see and ears to hear. Kapow! Are you serious? Alright, my friends, we are back from the commercial break and I would like to discuss a sermon from uh, Pastor J.D. Hall and it's hard because you know he really talks about how a church should be and of course he puts all the, the blame of why churches are not this way on the churchgoers okay but uh, I agree with much of what he says but, you know, I think his sermon is, is not wrong, but it's incomplete. Because I'll tell you, 90%, 90%, or maybe 99% of the blame should be put on church leaders and pastors. But why do you say that? Because if churches, they follow the New Testament model, if churches were real places of fellowship where pastors served the people, if they were there to give encouragement, 
encouragement and care for the people and right doctrine, because basically this, these are the duties of a pastor, people would go there. People would go there because everybody's suffering here in the outside world. So basically what J.D. Hall was saying, well, okay, church, if we go to the New Testament, you know what they did? They sacrificed everything. Church was their main, main association. Not the bowling club. Not the company. Not the, the, the political party. Not the Rotary Club. I agree with him 100%. Instead of going to the bowling club, you should go to church if there is a conflict between the two. Church should really go be the first place where, you know, that you think about, you know, where's my family? Where's, you know, I have an obligation to be there. But it's more than an obligation. That, that, that's where J.D. Hall also makes a mistake. It's more than that. It should be a desire. It should be a desire. I want to go to church. I want to meet my friends. I want to meet my brothers because I'm going there. You know, to talk about Jesus. Do you remember that song, that psalm? I was glad when they told me to go to the house of the Lord. I'm paraphrasing here, but it's something like that. David was glad. He was glad because people said, let's go to the house of the Lord. Because there's friendship. There's fellowship. There's encouragement. Because life is hard this way. I want to go there. I'm not saying that, you know, that there are not churches like this in the world. Probably in Montana, there are some churches like this in Kentucky. But I'll tell you, my friends, do you think it's easy in a big church, in a big place like here, for example, Sao Paulo or Los Angeles? You know, where just to leave home, it take, it, it, it's work, it's much work just to leave home. Because you have to get your in, in your car, you have to face traffic. Here in São Paulo, you can get robbed, you can get carjacked, you can die, you know, in the traffic. It's do you think it's it's easy? And people, they all live apart from each other. You don't have time. You know, we're not we are not in a small Greek city or town anymore, village. Where people, they can just, you know, walk for a couple of minutes and they, are, they can visit their, their neighbors and they can get together with, with other people. We're living in huge cities where it's almost, you know, it's hard work to just meet your friends. Sometimes, you know, you, you spend months without, you know, visiting or talking to your Relatives even. And then he was saying, you know, this should be your first priority. I agree with that. Because people are there and they, you know, and people, they, they don't think like that anymore. Okay? I agree with him. I agree with him. But what happens is that today we go to the church and instead of having fellowship, we have people selling things. Selling things, give money, put money here, make a. I'm I'm not I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. I took my kids to a Christmas carol in my former church. 
And instead of singing Christmas carols, because that's what I wanted to do, they made people get in line in order to give money, put money under the feet of a tree, of a pagan tree. But I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm digressing here. Not, let's not talk about that. So making a line to put money for missionaries. That was the Christmas carol thing was all about. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, and some people who never, never showed at church, they were all there. Oh, yes. Pastor's wife was there. I had not, have never met that person for the whole year. But she was there. You know, when it comes to money, my friend, they're all there. So how can you get this kind of fellowship, you know, of people helping each other, you know, if you don't focus on people, because churches, they are people, they're made of people, okay? They're not made of projects. And I'll tell you, my friends, the problem, the worst problem is that they become so fixed, so focused on those projects and, and, and their own righteousness, that they don't see sin anymore. The only sin in the church, the only sin that is not allowed there, is to not participate in the activities, in the vision. Okay, then you can make cast out of the bus. But if you're a rich person, as long as you're participating or giving money or painting the walls of the church, you're accepted. Even criminals, even criminals. I mean, it's amazing when you start to think that everything you do is right. Okay, and the Bible, the Bible warns us against this kind of attitude. It does it really does, my friends? If you think that everything you do is right, okay, there's a verse for you. Okay, First Corinthians ten. So the one who thinks he's standing firm should be careful not to fall. That they start, my friends. I know several several places in the same church that people didn't care about me or my family. Twenty years in that church, okay. Pastor J D. Howe was talking about people who go there. They watch the church and see. I don't like the church, and then I'm not going there anymore. My friends, I was there in that church for twenty years. So it's not something casual, frivolous, okay. Nothing, not, not at all, okay? At the same time, they, they didn't care about the, cre the, 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 the positive, constructive arguments that I was bringing to that church. They were receiving with open arms among the deacons there, a guy who is a criminal. I found out the guy is a criminal. You know what he did? He had a company that he advised financially people here in Sao Paulo. So he would say, you know, I, I'm going to invest your money. He was a kind of Bernie Madoff. You know the Bernie Madoff guy that was arrested in New York City? Same thing. And they would get the money from these people and put in a bank of this other criminal who was a friend of his and get, you know, this, this huge commission and everything. And then bank went bankrupt. 
And everybody lost their money. And this guy, he fled Sao Paulo. He fled the city. Okay? And lots of people wanting to kill him were after him. And then he comes back years later. And he starts the same business, but among Christians. You know, he reinvented himself. Inserted himself inside the churches. And now he has a radio program. He has a website and he wrote a book. It's the same book that he had before, but he changed the title. You know, he's talking about biblical concepts for financial success. And he was accepted with open arms in the church. Because people, they, you know, when you start to think that everything you do is right, you start to live in an ivory tower, you think you're better than the other people because you're a church leader, you're a church worker, and everything you do is right. You lose all your discernment. And you lose all your wisdom. And then, you know, the devil wants to starts to put those things inside your church. And you cannot see because you have become a fool. And this guy, he's there. He's there, my friends. You know, it's amazing. And it happens all the time. It happens all the time. You know, because the only sin that is unpardonable, it's the unpardonable sin, is not to participate in the vision. It's to criticize the work of the leader. Unfortunately. So, I believe the church should be, as J.D. Hall says, the first priority of every Christian. It should really be the place that you think first and foremost, I must be there. I want to see this thing, you know, grow. I want to see people getting there. I want to see people saved. But I want the well, the, the, you know, I, I want the well-being of my friends there. I want to check if my friends are okay. But how can you do that if you go there and all they, they talk about is their own private projects? Private, private, private projects, my friends. You know, and soon they start to, to, to tell you, you know, if you're not participating here, that's why you, you don't have worldly success. It's all connected, you know, it's the mentality of the world. Church success, worldly success, money, church growth, okay? There's no place for losers. There's no place for suffering people. No, there's no place for suffering people because suffering people cannot help in the vision. Suffering people cannot help the missions. Cannot give money. You know, suffering people, you know, sometimes they are depressed. They cannot participate in the crusades. Oh yes, my friends. I can tell you and I think that God made me go or allowed me to go through much suffering with false friends that I had among the missionaries. The day that I told them, I cannot help you right now because I'm suffering and I'm having problems. You know what they did? They disappeared from my life. They disappeared from my life. I mean, it's not that they didn't talk to me like before. No, they disappeared. Meaning that all their friendship was false. So beware when you, you know, you meet a missionary because they will fool you. They, they will talk to you and make you think that you're his friend. 
in order to get you to help them. And once you cannot help them anymore, they throw you in the garbage. That's what they do. They did that. They did that with my family. And they don't care if you suffer, you know, if you're sad, you know, if this is hurting your children. They don't care. Because they're in the bus. The bus must go on. The, the Campus Crusade for Christ bus must go on. And then later, my friends, you praise God because you meet someone from Camp Crusade who used to work in Russia, and they said, you know, they fired us. And why? Because we were in Russia sacrificially making almost nothing, because that's how those ministries work, okay? The leaders, they are millionaires, and the common workers, they get almost nothing. And they must raise their own support. That's how it works. And they found out that the, the director for Russia was stealing money. And what they did, they went to the, 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 you know, to headquarters and they said, you know, our boss is stealing money and we have the proof here. You know what they did? They fired my friends. They fired my friends. And they defended the criminal. That's how it works. That's how it works. Okay? The, and now I thank God that I'm not involved with Camp Crusade for Christ. Thank God. I don't want to have nothing to do with those people. They're so ashamed of the gospel and of the name of Christ that they changed their name. They removed it, Christ, you know, because this is, you know, this is an insult to other religions. And they removed the word crusade because crusade, you know, you cannot talk about crusade because this is like war against the Muslims. We have to respect the Muslims. So they changed the name to Cru, C-R-U, which here in Portuguese is a bad word. It means raw. It means something incomplete. They disappeared from my life, my friends. Disappeared. And uh, the guy from, from the Brazilian Bible Society here, whom I used to help, and, you know, and he wanted me. He was a great friend of mine. He would, you know, call me for lunch and things like that. The day that I said, I'm having so much trouble that I cannot help you right now, he disappeared. And now what did they do? They gave the rights for people to publish the gay Bible. So, thank God. I'm not associated with the Bible Society from Brazil because they are publishing the gay Bible. So you see how it works? So you see, one thing leads to the other. That's what I want to tell you. You know, first you despise all the, the, you know, you think only about yourself. You think you're the best. You think everything you do is great, that you're a great leader. It's pride. Pride starts to creep in. Those organizations, those ministries, those churches. And they have visions. They are totally worldly, materialistic, business-like. You know? And they don't have any place for fellowship, for compassion, and for love. They don't love people. They love their jobs. They love their work. And they love their positions. And once you start to do that, they, you lose all your wisdom and all your discernment. And then sin, heresy start to creep in the church. That's what happened in my church. For 15 years, I was very bothered by their attitude about, you know, 
having first and second class Christians in that church. First class Christians, there was royalty. Royalty, pastor, pastor's family, and all the people who were missionaries here in Brazil. They were royalty. Then you have first class Christians, people who were very committed to help that those royalty people. And then you have the second class Christians. And I'll tell you, they'll never tell you you're second class Christians. You know what they will do? They'll only despise you. They will not talk to you. They will never call you. They will never invite you to anything. That's how, how they do it. And they started doing that with my family. The moment that I said, I cannot participate in your activities right now because I'm having problems. Or, you know, I'm having problems at work. I'm having problems with my family. I have a sick father. I have a sick mother. Well, big, big scene, my friends. And they, they won't despise you, you know. They're not honest enough to tell you, you're not good, I don't want you here. At least that pastor, the one that throws people out of the bus, he's, he's honest. But in my church, it's even worse, because they do the same thing, but they won't tell you in your face what they do. And then, my friends, you start, you know, lacking compassion and not doing what the Lord told you to do. You start to be blind. You lose all your wisdom. And then sin starts to creep in your ministry, in your church, in your Bible society. Okay? And then you have criminals inside your church. You have the gay Bible. And like in my church, you know, I used to talk to my, my wife. We are suffering there. We don't really don't like the way they treat us, but we don't, don't agree with this first class, second class Christians position that they have. But, you know, at least they preach the word. At least they are faithful to the Bible. But then, you know what happened? The new pastors start to let heresy enter the church. And then suddenly we had contemplative prayer. Eastern meditation, Buddhist meditation being taught in Sunday school. And several other rituals that he was trying to put inside the church. You know. And uh, very subtle, very subtle. And it was just one thing here, one thing there. They got rid of all the hymnals, start only singing you know, those praise songs. You know, during Lent, he was talking about how good it was to be, you know, it would be to just sacrifice something like the Catholics do. And then he started to say, no, confession is a good thing. It's just like the Catholics do. You know, and, and things like that. You know, small things that just, just add up. Okay, I don't want to bother you, but it was like a dozen things, you know. Just like rituals that they, he tried to insert because of the uh, influence of an uh, Anglican bishop that is in the family. But the worst thing was the contemplative prayer. And then I criticized him. I criticized him. I called his attention very respectfully. And he said, I like it. What can you do when a person says, you know, I like it. I think it's right. And it's in a heresy. You have no other choice. You have no options but to leave the place. But he's, he's got his great projects, you know, his vision. Vision, 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 my friends. Okay? 
So I, I'm, I'm very sad. I'll tell you, I'm very sad. I would love for church to be the way that Pastor J.D. Hall says it should be. Maybe his church is this way. I don't know. I hope so. But you know, it's the same thing. You, you, you just keep listening. And I was listening to another podcast from him. And what was he saying? That his kids are doing Taekwondo. So you see how it is. He spends like a whole podcast show blaming the churchgoers for everything that's wrong with the churches. And he lets his, church, his kids go to Taekwondo. That's what he says. Taekwondo, my friends, is just like any other martial arts. It's based on Eastern mysticism and occultism. It's about the, the power of the ki or the chi that you have inside and use that power to defeat your enemy. It's spiritual power. Turn it into attack power. Okay? That's here. Forms of Taekwondo are more than physical exercises. They're vehicles for active meditation. Of course they are. They're all they're all like. That's what Taekwondo is. Taekwondo recognizes the philosophies embodied in the Taegyuk, the yin and the wang, the unity of opposites. The Sam Taegyuk, understanding changing the world as interactions of the heavens, the earth and man. So it's all about occultism. And his, his kids are going there and he says, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong because I'm there. I'm, you know, I'm watching. So you see how they lose all, all the wisdom. They lose. I mean, what's the problem? You say, you tell your kids, I'm sorry, you're not doing Taekwondo. Okay, period. Because this, I, I mean, come on, buy the book from Paul Villanueva about martial arts. He will explain everything to you if you have any doubts. Because Taekwondo is all about occultism. But no, he spends a lot of time saying, no, churchgoers don't go. They miss church because they have a business meeting. I mean, he doesn't care that the guy might be fired if he doesn't go there. He doesn't care. You see how it works? But he sends his kids to Taekwondo. So that's the problem, my friends. You know, it's artificial. They're not talking, they're not, they're in this ivory tower and they are not seeing real life as it is. Real life is hard. Go to James 5. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient, stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers and sisters, as an example patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. You see how it is? James 4. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we'll go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. 
Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a while and then vanishes. Instead, you want to see if the Lord's will, we will live and do this and that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. And so, my friends, all these things that we're, we're the, the, these guys are seeing, this vision casting, is boasting. It's boasting, it's arrogant schemes. Many are the plans in a person's heart. But it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. You can have all the, the plans that you want. But Proverbs 19 says, it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. So you see what they do. The Bible tells us one thing and they do exactly the opposite. So who are you going to follow? Who are you going to trust? Who are you going to trust? The vision of crazy, arrogant, proud men? Or the direction of God in your life? Trust and obey. One day after the other. Go to the Bible when in doubt. Beware of people who are manipulating you. These are Pharisees, my friends. They are Pharisees. They lost... They lost all sense of compassion and love. They don't love the sheep anymore. They love their fantasies. They love their visions. They love their missions. You know, they're idols. They are idols. That's the problem in my former church. They made the missions and their own work an idol. An idol. And that's the only thing they talked about over and over and over and over. Until, my friends... All wisdom, all discernment was removed from them. And now they have contemplative prayer, among other things. You see? Let's go back to the Bible. Read the Bible, my friends, with an open heart. With an open heart. See there how people interacted with one another. With love, with compassion, with consideration, with preoccupation, with concern. How is my brother doing? What can I do to help? Okay? And we did that under the umbrella of the right doctrine. Okay? That, that, that's the pastor's main job here. To be a servant, but more, even more than that, to be the keeper of the right doctrine, okay? Those things, they go together. And it doesn't matter that there's no great growth, or that we're not changing the world, or that, you know, we're not bringing paradise to earth, that we're not going to have the Tikkun Olam Kabbalist work done on earth. You see here what James says just just you know hang on be patience patient in suffering just like job he quotes job he mentions job i mean that guy suffered a lot and he was patient 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 long suffering that's what the christian life is all about not crazy crazy mission projects you know what they do? 
J.D. Hall, I have congratulated him because he said he was invited for a Christian cruise to Alaska. And they said, if you preach, or if you give like two or three lectures, we will pay your ticket so you can go to Alaska with your wife. And he said, no, that would be dishonest. I mean, praise the Lord. Kudos to Pastor Hall because he refused to be in such a stupid project like that. I mean, come on, from Ligonier, from the reformed people, R.C. Pro, like, like, it's like the best, it's the best teaching you can get. I mean, reformed teaching, best teaching on the Bible. But they're taking cruises to Alaska. I mean, you know, you see, when I'm talking about the ivory tower, I mean, they lost all senses. They lost all senses of what reality is. So do not get, my friends, manipulated. Do not get sucked into these crazy schemes and these institutions that lost all touch with the real compassion and love that is in the Bible. Go back to reality. You know what? You know what your mission is first and foremost with your family. You know, you have to be a minister to your friends, to your neighbor. You know, it's exactly the contrary. I mean, Jesus Christ told us. You know. Great example about the Good Samaritan. The Pharisee, he was going to a church project. He was going, no, no, I have a missions, a missions conference. I cannot help you right now. Excuse me. And the Pharisee, he just walked by the guy and went away. But the Good Samaritan, he stopped it and helped the man. I mean, I don't know what else to say. It's like they are all crazy. It's just like they're all crazy. They're doing everything the opposite of the Bible. But they say, because we're doing for the Lord, because we're doing for the Lord, then what we're doing must be right. And you were wrong. That's how they are. Okay? I'm very sad. I would love to find a church like the New Testament church. So you can pray for me. And I'll pray for you that... That you can have this fellowship. But meanwhile, we are here, my friends. I love you. I love you. I really wish the best. I pray that God will give you all the blessings in your hearts, in your lives. Okay? That's my sincere desire. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much much for your precious time. And I pray that we will meet again next week. Bye-bye. Media.com right now. Go to fifthhookmedia.com 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 right now.